Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 281. My name is Brando. Look at this, Rick Dunsford. We have matching, as we're talking on Zoom, we have matching Chinese democracy vinyls. Yes, we do, man. I, I noticed that too while ago. <laughs> Did you get yours, uh, what was it, October 23rd? Uh, was it October 23rd, right, uh, 2008? Uh, uh, November 23rd. November, okay, excuse me, sorry. Yeah, but look at this one, man. It's, uh, it's the one uh, signed by uh, Brain. Oh, uh, nice, Brain, Okay. Where did you meet him? Yeah. Uh, from uh, your show, man. He, uh, I sent him the uh, my vinyl and uh, a couple of other items. You know, uh, you guys were having a discussion about uh, the House of Blues, and he never seen it, so I sent it over to him. Look at that, beautiful. So, Rick, first and foremost, I know your episode, I guess, is long awaited for some people. Uh, maybe I need to apologize to you, even though I, it was nothing that ever happened between us ever. Well, there's no uh, need to apologize. <laughs> it's just because there were people, I think when you officially were banned from going to Guns N' Roses shows, and uh, people should hopefully, if they're listening to this podcast, know your story about uh, the, the Guns N' Roses leaks and you just being a part of uh, a few people that wanted to have them, you know, pay for them. I think the only one who really should be mad at you is your wife, and I've told you that. <laughs> and as long uh, as she was, she was pretty pissed at me. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're still married. Uh, you know, maybe your kids. You know, you're you're choosing to to pay for some remixes as opposed to their college education. It's, you know, you're, <laughs> you're a good guy. You're a good guy. I'm not saying I would do what you did, but you're there's nothing wrong with what you did. You're obviously a diehard fan, and. You know, we only have one life to live, as they say, so enjoy it. You know, as long as you don't hurt yourself or others, it doesn't matter. So I've exactly. Had, so that's what I choose. That's how I choose to live. And Rick is one of the many personalities I've had on this podcast early on uh, to talk to him early on about a lot of different things, his adventures. And uh, yeah, you were on with with Brain, right? Were you like, my co-host for that or what was the situation? No. I don't recall. Or no, just... it was uh, the one I was on was with uh, Russ, and it was I believe it was episode maybe seventy four. Look at you, because <laughs> I had it saved on my files. I remember true. seeing it. Live. Very true. Uh, okay, so I think I think you just asked me to like um, email him like a request for the for some autographs, right? And he was so yeah. kind. So uh, the reason why I just started co-host because I just try to bring whether it's through email, whether it's bringing somebody on to talk to a rock star whether it's answering questions that you sent in try to just have a fun time doing this podcast that's really what it's all about um i i i have a career in radio thankfully knock on wood uh i've been doing it for quite a long time i i i think um i i what i, I started 
I, I would account Hofstra University as radio because it's like by, by the Princeton Review, it's like the number one college radio station in the country. Like it's just it's top class, and it, it wasn't even it was great when I was there, but it's really exceeded any sort of expectation for a college radio station. So I'll I'll count that. So no, two thousand and uh, two thousand and two because yeah maybe two thousand and one. So it's like around twenty years that I've been doing like radio. Thankfully, how old are you? I'm I'm thirty seven. I will be thirty. Uh, I'll be thirty eight uh, in September. Oh God. Uh, so yeah, it's it's been uh, since like my late. Yeah, it's just I've been doing it for a long time, and I I definitely don't think I'm king shit. I've been I worked at small markets. I worked overnights. I worked all kinds of formats of radio. Uh, all the dirty jobs, you know, anything you can think of other than being uh, maintenance, really. You know, I've done reception, everything, just to get my time on the air. I've, I've done it. So this, this podcast thing, which I've said before, maybe to you, Rick, but I've said before on the podcast that I thought when my friend Ian, uh, former co-host, still current friend, who, by the way, before I forget, is going to be my co-host again when I have George Lynch on from Dokken. So that's wow. So that's going to be fun. So Ian, uh, looking forward to that. But when he first came uh, with me to this idea, I'm already working on iHeartRadio, Premier Radio. He's at Sirius at the time. You want to do a Guns N' Roses podcast? That's so stupid. I'm like, they're my favorite band. Yeah. But like, what am I going to say? Slash rules all the time. You know, <laughs> I like Axel. But this podcast... You know, over 281 episodes into it has taken me so many different ways and met so many different people. And when talking with Rick and the leaks and stuff, and it's just hard to know where to begin, Rick. And I wanted to, I wanted you here to kind of help me with it because I can't talk to my therapist about this. <laughs> you know what? And I, I need to. And we're going to lead up to it because I, I want to talk about, because I guess came off vacation. I've been eager to talk about this for a long time on the podcast. My first time in Arizona. Have you, have you been to Arizona ever, Rick? No, never. I've never been over there. First time there. Very hot. Very nice state. I want to go back there again, but I got to do a CD celebrity theater. Uh, so I did kind of a before and after photo of, uh, somebody sent me a Guns N' Roses, uh, their name on the marquee of the celebrity photo back in like 87. And the marquee, which is different now, the the building, the, the billboard outside, it's still cool to see that now. And I just asked, can we drive past that just for the, just for the gram, just for the picture? So we, and we're kind of driving up through Arizona. We're, we're going to head to Colorado and uh, Utah, then Colorado. That's kind of like the way we're going. And I asked if we can do kind of like a little detour uh, to Prescott, Arizona. And uh, Alan Niven lives there. And very cool, because I, I emailed him before I left, not knowing, I'm like, I don't know if he knew about Doug Goldstein's book or not at the time. Because his very public feelings towards the other former Guns N' Roses manager towards Doug uh, are not favorable. But Doug and Alan both like me, so which is... Makes me feel good that I'm not getting in between their shit. Uh, <laughs> Rick, you'll, you'll appreciate this. Like, do you, I know you obviously travel a lot to go, well, when you could legally go to Guns N' Roses shows, but are you a, are you a road trip guy or an airplane guy? 
And for most part, I'm a road trip guy. I love I love driving. Okay, usually me too. Usually. See, I got a little. This is the longest flight I ever took. I got a little sick at the end of the flight. I may have used. Oh. I may have used the at the very end. I may have used the barf bag. Very, <laughs> very discreetly. By the way, my wife. I say my wife. It's just easier than a fiance at this point. She she knew to like turn kind of like cover me, and I'm like, oh, I'm fine. So I I, I don't know. There was just something in the air, and I learned after this trip to see Alan Niven to Prescott. I learned uh, how to take Dramamine like like a, like a person, and not just say I'm too tough for this. So we I don't know why my fiance decided to take the the scenic route in Arizona, which everything is scenic. But she basically took a very windy road, very, very windy. And I got incredibly sick. I asked, like, maybe to, to pull over two or three times. I'm sweating. I'm lying in the back. I'm like, I don't know what to do. You know, uh, Alan, Alan's, like, kind of waiting for me. You know, how you doing? Well, we made a little pit stop. I'll, I'll get there. We get there to this uh, kind of wine. Like, it's a very nice, very cool area. Uh, wine, you know, restaurant, bar kind of place in a very you know, populated kind of area of Prescott. And uh, he was with his wife. And he, cause he kept saying we, and I'm assuming that's what he meant at the time. And I, we park, and I'm so glad just to stop the car. And I'm like, I, I, I'm like spinning. I, I feel like I'm drunk, and I haven't had a drink in five years. So I, and I, I, I still remember what it feels like just sitting there i'm like all right i just need to get in there sit down i'm walking i'm walking towards the door i'm like i don't know if i could do this i may need to call alan and cancel but i'm like right here maybe just get a picture with me with him like i was even that thought crossed my mind get a picture with alan niven and just pass out in a car or something <laughs> then it starts to come up i know i'm not gonna make it i think i'm gonna go behind the van a van like by like the handicap spots but I'm like, no, I don't want to park. I don't want to throw up behind somebody. And by the way, I'm sorry if this is a trigger warning with all the throw up stuff. I'll, I swear I'll get to the Team Brazil conversation. And but these are great GNR road trip stories, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to lose as they just happened. And this also helps set up the Team Brazil conversation. So uh, I end up throwing up between two cars because I just didn't want to be in someone else's area with my vomit. Next thing I know. I feel a hand, a big hand on my back, rubbing my back. It's not my fiance's big hand. It's Alan Niven's big hand. Are you okay? And is I, I, I'm not going to pretend how to do a New Zealand accent. Obviously, I know it's Alan. I, I'm staring at the ground. I see his, they're like gold uh, leopard print, like slip-on shoes. Like they got complimented on by all the girls. Like everyone loved Alan's shoes. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, he's like, I wish I can uh, quote him. He's like, you look whiter than a napkin. Like, you just look, you look so white and pale. Like, come in. Come in. We'll get you a ginger ale. Come on. And my fiance and actually her, because we went with her sister and her, her sister's girlfriend, that we they were going to go hiking while I had lunch with Alan Niven. Because what do they care about Guns N' Roses? Alan's like, no, no, no. Come here. In case if he passes out, he needs somebody here. <laughs> so it was, eventually we sat down with Alan I had some ginger ale, had a couple French fries. The, the the feeling came back in my face. We had a great conversation. Uh, I won't get into too much of it because I just I cherish my private conversations with Alan. Other than to just explain to 
my fiance Shauna who I'm going to see because she knows Doug like just by voice because I'm on the phone with him a lot recording the book he's called us he's woken us he's like woken me up with like calls at like Sunday clock like Sunday at a nine like nine o'clock on a, on a Sunday so he's like in my life so to explain Alan Niven I mean I'm honest about everything like he was they were uh, while Doug was a tour manager, Alan was manager. Then they kind of managed together. Then Alan got fought. I'm like, I'm really dumbing it down for her. And you know, Alan doesn't have great feelings towards Doug. You know, uh, just going kind of going through the story as we're driving there, in between me throwing up. Uh, and we, as I get the feeling back in my face, she goes, "So, Alan, Brandon tells me that you don't like Doug Goldstein." What? <laughs> And it's like my face just turned white again. I was like, oh, my God. She's like, you didn't tell me not to say that. I'm like, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's it's my fault. As they say, happy wife, happy life, right? So that just set up a whole other – it was fun. But I think the major thing is about that conversation, and it will lead into our Team Brazil conversation, is obviously Doug and I get along. One of the things, one of the main reasons he told me that he wants me to work on this book with him is that I don't pick sides. I'll call him out on something. I don't, I don't team up on him or I don't, even with Alan, when he's saying certain things, I'm like, I wasn't there. I love and respect you both. I believe you're both telling me the, the honest truth. It's in my life. It's probably somewhere in the middle. That's just my experience, but I just, I'm not getting involved and they both respect that and respect me and that made me feel good i don't want to pick sides i don't do that with my family sometimes you're kind of forced to i don't it's not for me so i will quickly say utah had nothing really going on i don't go hiking because uh you know i'm handicapped uh so there rick i don't know if you saw i decided because i missed doing podcasts i decided to do an instagram post and it was just on an Instagram uh, live, all I kind of do is just talk about what, maybe, obviously, what's on my mind or read the comments or what's coming up on the podcast. And I don't know how uh, it came up because I spoke about it the last episode I did before vacation after my interview with Dee Snyder. And I will get into the pinball thing. I guess I don't want to lose it. Don't let me forget, Rick, to end the conversation with a positive pinball story because I have a, a pinball thing behind me, fault falling right now if you see you see this yes yeah, autographed by eric munay the uh the the co-designer along with slash for a pinball so i, I did visit my the, the the factory uh the pinball factory in chicago but that's ahead of utah so let's do this chronologically as i'm thinking about you know as i'm doing a book so rick i uh reason why i wanted to apologize to you is because a lot of your episodes i think all of your episodes you've been on are now what i refer to as hidden tracks of the afd show and the reason being is when i started this podcast i never envisioned really interviewing anybody having to do with guns and roses i can maybe get interview some cool people who like guns and roses but I, I don't know what the first experience was when I had a, a hard time with Guns N' Roses management. And that's for, I don't know if I want to call you an expert in Guns N' Roses management, but you've had a lot of uh, situations with them or, you know, um, what would you call their, do you want to call it a relationship? 
do you want to call it a what what word would you use to describe how you and uh, what Guns N' Roses management team Brazil uh, Fernando LaBase right am I pronouncing that correctly yeah, I believe so <laughs> I yeah. believe so I'm not sure exactly how All he right. pronounces it that's how Doug uh, Goldstein which I'm sure Fernando is happy that we're we've we've spoken about that but uh how Fernando LaBase and and, and Beta LaBase their their management so I want to get your your thoughts on this because I I want you keep trying I want you to chime in because I'm I don't want to make this a theme of every AFD show. I, I, I want to kind of talk about this in a big podcast and, and kind of get it over with because it's been looming for a while and people like, like Sid from GNR Central is checking in on me and thinking something happened recently. No, it's nothing that recently happened. But there have been times when I've interviewed former members of Guns N' Roses or even current members. The, the current guys uh, that I've had on have not had the current girl on. I should have that it gets back to me through a third party that uh, they were upset with it or a clickbait that came out of it. You know, a clickbait that came out of certain interviews might have to do with new music. Obviously, there is no mu- new music from Guns N' Roses. So th- whatever a a site is, is calling new music, whether it's we were talking about the Brain remixes, I think uh, our friend Brett at Alternative Nation called it like new music. Well, it's new to us. I mean, it's not new, new, but that's what clickbait does. Uh, I, I've I've talked about when I had <laughs> Doctor Stephen Thaxton, uh, the the official user illusion chiropractor, wants to come back on the podcast. Had such a good time. However, he told the thankfully he wasn't scared away. He told an hilarious story that put everybody in a great light about Axel's sister, the nurse, trying to tend to uh, our hurt. Um, security guard or you know somebody that was hurt at a, at a columbia show and she didn't have medical equipment and she was just there to enjoy the uh the show. have you heard this i haven't i sound like jay leno have you heard this have you seen this uh that she didn't have any medical equipment on her so she wanted to use using her brain smart cocaine to numb it like it was like some gash in like the person's head and then then she could sew it with a sewing kit or whatever and the funny thing was, at a Guns N' Roses show in Columbia, she should she could not find cocaine. It, it, wow. I mean, like that just seems like the epicenter where cocaine <laughs> is, is born. You know, if there's a cocaine mom, it's like that's where she breeds. But no, uh, it got back to me that they were upset about that. I, a get back to me, please. Like, why are you going to somebody else? Because the people who would tell me about this got back to me stressed out, not like at me. Like they were just stressed out because of the conversation they had, so they're they're coming to me stressed out, and then I get stressed out because why is this person being stressed out? Like if this is not what it's about, and I've maybe early on in the podcast, I, I'm sure I sent an email to Fernando. I have them all, like you know, in my Gmail. If I want, if you really want to timestamp it, introducing myself, being professional, like in every other email that I send. Uh, I mean, maybe not to you, Rick. I don't need to be professional to you, right? but you know what I mean. To like, yeah. you know, labels, management, nothing. I think uh, after maybe one of those times I just mentioned, I reached back and I said, "Hey, you know, I hope you know, clickbaits. It's not my thing. It's not. I have no control over these magazines. You know, uh, anything I could do, you know, kind of. I wanted to work with them." And I think my first opportunity to get like a Guns N' Roses person, a current one, if you remember, uh, Dizzy, Dizzy Reed fell asleep 
I got him on for like a minute. Had a great conversation with Alex Grossi, uh, with his wife, Nadja. Uh, she had fun playing the joke of just waking Dizzy Reed up in his hotel room. I guess I'm like, oh, just get him to say hi. And that was great. Just great. Yeah, I know. Rick, you can do whatever you need to do. I, <laughs> you, <laughs> no, no, I was just grabbing my drink. <laughs> oh, because you were doing like a, who was it? Uh, it what politician was it? They just like grabbed water off off camera, all scared. Marco Rubio, maybe? Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, just be yourself. That's what I try to do is be myself. That's why I want guests to be on the show is themselves. And some of them, I'm not being myself to some degree. And are, are some guests, are I feel like, are afraid to come back. And that's kind of the point where I'm leading to. And, Rick, feel free to jump in because I'm already sick of myself already. But it's like this needs to be said. This has been pent up for years. So Let it out. Oh, thank you. Uh, so I just, just no no. I never heard back from Fernando just trying to, to, to reach out. And I, I have the official email, I think, because uh, you and Fernando used to be on good terms. And, uh, that was a time. Yeah, the, pun intended. <laughs> uh, you gave me the email that he responds to. I, resp- I, 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 nothing. And you know what? That's okay. That's something, that's something I, I don't want to get lost in this. It is okay not to respond to me. Uh, because I am not Howard Stern. I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm used to that in my radio career when I would apply for radio stations. Not all program directors respond to you. But it's like when you have like a – when someone's talking about you, I guess, like it's just then, – then how do you not respond when you're indirectly acknowledging something that I did that I'm trying to fix or just like seeing what can happen, what could be done or just say, hey, stay away. Or something like that. Just tell me. <clears throat> so I think uh, after that, I think I got Dizzy Reed on for like almost like an hour with Alex Garassi, which was awesome. I, was, I wasn't going to ask any gu- real Guns N' Roses questions. However, based upon those experiences I told you about, I'm now afraid to ask Guns N' Roses questions. Not because I'll get like a no comment or when is new music coming soon, you know, all that stuff. I just I'm afraid that I'm just gonna get some door shut on me or something. I just don't want. I'm not a person to ruffle feathers, really. Unless you ruffle mine, I I have no interest in ruffling yours. Uh, so I, that's why with Richard Fortas, when I got him on, and I promised that I would only talk about uh, Freak Bass and Hedronics, his other band. I think I asked one GNR question. I was even afraid. I was nervous. Again, trying to reach out. And then I got, I was asking for a while because I came, uh, I'm friendly with uh, Mark, the CEO of Golden Robot. He was awesome to get me Gilby Clark. And you know what? Gilby, it's like the same thing where this is not just a Team Brazil thing. This is like a management thing or, you know, Gilby answering the same questions over and over and over again his entire career. You know, he, he was with GNR for a few years. He's had a career since. He's trying to promote stuff now. Not every host realizes that. Same thing. I had a conversation with Tommy Stinson's people. They swear they're not going to talk Guns N' Roses and the replacements too much. And it's like, that's all they talk about. I understand trying to break through that barrier and proving myself. I get it. There are not honest people out there. I get it. It is fine. I have no problem doing that. Uh, but like Richard, it just seemed like, I don't know. Again, I have this fear around. I don't know if that's projected from Richard you know he was kind and everything so anyway uh, I backstepped a little bit 
So now again, we're with Golden Robot. I finally got Gilby on. He was awesome. Like, okay, let's let's see if we can get Frank, Frank Ferrer on. And he came on with the CEO Mark of Golden Robot and one of their uh, label people. I, I, I forgive me, uh, Caitlin. I forget. Oh, terrible. I'm a typical man forgetting a woman's name. So we it was the four of us, and I asked Frank beforehand, as I'm nervous about this. Because I, he's a current Guns N' Roses guy. I, I really want to get to know him because he's a, a New York guy. I think he's somebody that would enjoy this show, did enjoy this show, and could come back on again. And I'm not going to talk to him about Guns N' Roses from pillar to post. There's a plenty of other things for me to talk to him about. So it's an opportunity for me to prove myself, I think. Perhaps I may, and I asked Frank again but before the interview started, is there anything you don't want to talk about? He said, no, I'm a, you know, I'm paraphrasing a bit. I'm a big boy. I know how to handle it. I know how to deflect. I know all that good stuff. Great. Not like I'm asking to ask anything crazy, but I just, I'm just letting you know, because just like we're doing now, I can always just make this uh, audio only. Maybe my listeners don't want to hear this. I say, if there's anything you want me to edit out, I'll do it. You know, no, no, we're cool. Let's rock. Again, I'm paraphrasing, but that was the vibe he gave off. Perhaps, uh, it was maybe a pun intended there. My mistake, because it was circulating on the internet, uh, a leaked set list that had hard school on it, which you and I know is a rumored, let's just use that word, uh, new Guns N' Roses song. I mean, what, what can you tell us about hard school, Rick? Like, is it? Yeah, it's legit, dude. It's, uh, <laughs> and they rehearsed it. Uh, they rehearsed it down in Mexico City, wasn't it? So there's proof that it's real correct it's not like i'm it's a, it's not like it's a stolen uh, entity right like it's not a, it's a stolen unheard track I, I mean i don't know like how would you because i want to they rehearsed they rehearsed that song too in uh that la show they did um uh, it was a uh, before the mexico city and all that um it was a smaller venue they did out in la they i know they rehearsed it out there so a friend here it's out there and this is what people do they're outside the building uh listening to the band that's what all you know fan that's what fanatics do so it's out there so i ask I, that's how i kind of present it to frank and I ask him about it and he does a very professional deflection you know that he will wait until management and the rest of an official band statement regarding anything any official announcements you know anything like that great and then uh mark had the clever way of asking he's like if there was new music what would it sound like? Kind of something like that. And he gives his answer. And again, nothing like whatever. I, again, I don't know. Is this controversial? And I apologize to Frank because he maybe said it in the interview or he said it off the air. But he said it, I promise you. I have a shitty memory, but I promise you. Uh, because he had just got done playing tennis with Frank. I mean, uh, with uh, with Brain. Like they're still friends. And he went on the story, uh, you know, how they changed positions, how, you know, Brain went home to be with his kid, and but he saw how he didn't want to take the gig away from Frank. He like that whole story. Great story. And he's like, you know, maybe I'll get you both on for an episode. Wow, that is really cool to, to have Brain and Frank on to do an episode. No one's done that before. I mean, that would be awesome. No. Just like the two most upbeat people. Uh, I can't imagine the amount of times the word rad would be said. It's just they're, they're they're awesome people. So I'm sorry, Frank, for saying this, and it, I I just held it off. 
this is why it seems new. This isn't like this just happened. My interview with Frank was like almost two years ago, a year and a half ago, that a, a text was sent out, and, and Frank was kind of stressed about it. Wanted to, it was already posted, wanting to know if, like, we, if he can request if we can take it down with no real specifics given, that there was a text sent out to, uh, to Frank, to Dizzy Reed, to Melissa Reese, to uh, who else? Richard Fortas. Uh, I don't think I'm missing anybody else. So basically, uh, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, the non-famous members of Guns N' Roses. Uh, a text from Fernando not to do any more interviews unless uh, approved by him fine and that i was specifically named that's how it was told to me by two separate people who don't know each other who i rely on very much one of which is an ex-band member what is involved like you know a label like i used to want to start i I'm, I'm a person of confidence normally but can you imagine the gut punch that i heard or that i felt with that especially because this isn't this is like a side conversation because uh <clears throat> and and by the way, Rick, feel free to cut me off with your feelings and thoughts anytime. But with Duff, I finally got in contact with his separate management when I had my interview canceled with him. So that was an interview set up through my job. That is like obviously as uber like professional as possible. Like the guy I work with who sets up these interviews has been there for 20 years plus. Like he's, you know, great reputation so uh when i got like they were going to cancel on me because they were afraid i was going to talk about new guns or roses or guns or roses in general this is when he's promoting tenderness it says in the email though which is also a very common thing by management please stay on topic uh maybe they, they they're okay to talk about these famous things they're known for or they don't want to talk about it much very 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 common and a game that I have no problem playing because there are people that will take advantage of that game. You know, if, if somebody famous uh, comes on and they haven't done anything, uh, they're, they're promoting some small play and their, their last big hit was like 1970, whatever. And all you want to talk to them about 1970. Well, depends on the artist. Maybe they like living in the glory days. Maybe they want to be known. Or they have tickets to sell and that's what they want to focus on. Everybody's different. It's totally cool. That's the game we play. So even after I got back to Duff from, you know, uh, that, hey, this is, I'm legit. I work here. This is not, I, I'm okay. Um, they still decided to cancel. I finally got in contact with that part of his management. And even though it didn't go the way I wanted, I could still respect it. And uh, I'm wondering, this is also how, uh, Maybe Team Brazil or other management see me or other podcasts or shows at times. I wrote a very honest and open email to this uh, manager. And uh, I guess unlike Fernando, this guy wrote back. He's like, I appreciate your candor and your time, so I will respond in kind, even though you may not agree. He put it in, in a way that like, he's like, let's just say that you're a, an award-winning chef. And that's like Duff. And you have a job opportunity, you know, you have an opportunity. Would you work for a restaurant called Shitty Chinese Food? Basically called like Appetite for Distortion. Like that's just that name lends itself to something's not right here. And also, 
it was uh, to the fact that I've had former member, uh, former managers on. When you've had former managers on as guests, that doesn't lend itself to like the appropriate kind of conversation. I I is like it's like Howard Stern judged upon like who he's had on, like like that. Like I you've had this person on, so I will never come on your show. Like that now with Doug's, and this is not with Doug's book. That's not this timeline. You know that that they think that some information that I'm going to leak out information or something, which I would never do. Uh, but that was kind of it was relayed to me, and that person also dealt with uh, deals with dirty honey. I can't, I can't get dirty honey, because for whatever they have a relationship with Slash, despite the fact that I've interviewed London Hudson, Todd Kearns, all these people. This is just how some management sees it. But the last time I, I contacted this guy, because it's I'm starting to feel like I'm being blocked out of like a lot of opportunities that are not even Guns N' Roses related, and I'm it's really getting in my head. So I actually entitled the email. I come in peace. The guy wrote back. You know, he's just being super protective of any client having to deal with Guns N' Roses, you know, any connection. And, you know, it'll work out for us in time, you know, like maybe in the right spot. I don't know about with Duff, you know, but he was still responsive. Wasn't the answer I like? Was he a little uh, mean at times? Yeah, but you know what? I I know when to be like, all right, I'm not winning this fight. At least I'm aware of what's going on. And I can kind of just move on my own way. So that's not even counting this Team Brazil thing where I just get no answers, no responses from. So I just decided, you know, this has been going on. Uh, I've been doing this podcast for five years. You know, I hear them. I, I've heard those like secondhand uh, complaints they've had. I've tried to play ball by not asking Guns N' Roses questions, by reaching out. What can I do? Um, I want to make sure I'm clear that I am not uh, entitled to anything. I don't think I deserve anything. This isn't about the big three. This is about being told that Melissa Reese, and I apologize, Melissa, if she, she, I don't know if she would hear this or not, whatever, that she would like to come on this podcast. But she, I guess she can't. And another one that really... uh, that kind of sucks for me a little bit more personally than uh, than more than just professionally because Melissa would be great personally and professionally. I think she's great. As I just spoke about before with uh, doing Hookers and Blow episodes with Alex Grassi. Now, at Hookers and Blow, I have a new album out. You know, I've done so much promotion for them. I guess I can't now because Alex Grassi won't come on the podcast. By himself. By himself. I, at first, I wanted him to come back on with Dizzy to promote the album. They, I was the one they gave the sneak peek, the sneak preview of the uh, Eddie Money Shaken. Uh, so the, I was close with with Alex. You know, I didn't just use Alex to to get to people. Um, but last time I spoke to him, and I'm sorry, you know, if this gets back to Alex. I guess I know he has a million things going on. You know, he is the face of Quiet Riot right now. Uh, I don't want to bog bog him down with a, a text conversation or call him with it. Uh, but he's just, I think, because of, of, of Dizzy Reed, uh, because it seems like he may have asked Dizzy, because I was like, he's like, I don't know about Dizzy, but maybe I can come on. Okay, sure. Uh, but even though I've done those episodes with just Alex, and then next thing I know, he can do it. And he's doing more interviews than I've ever seen him do. 
I've never seen Alex get this much, this much press in his life. Because he is now also the face, not just uh, you know part of this Hookers and Below thing, which has an album out. You're getting the free press, Alex. Uh, but he's now the face of Quiet Riot. So he has so much going on. So what? If you don't want to give me time, fine. But it's like now I feel like I lost a friend over this this these texts, these these Fernando texts that have gone out. So Rick, uh, yeah, uh, that was going on. I did that despite talking about that after the interview with D. I wanted to leave a little a nice little nugget when I was away for two weeks. I was in Utah. I was bored. Did an Instagram live talking about it. That's when it blew up. Next thing I know, I see, uh, I'm glad that my fiance went hiking that day and I was able to stay behind. There are, there are threads on my GNR forum that were started, on Reddit that were started, not by me, and just letting people know. A couple interesting things uh, of note. Uh, my GNR was, uh, was, I guess, great with it, all supportive. I want to be clear. Uh, I, will, I, will, I, will, I will make clear all the things I want to be clear But when I wrap up, I guess, like, <laughs> this, this long portion of it all. Uh, and then on Reddit, there was, like, literally one person. One, it got, it got taken down a few times, which I didn't even know about. Next thing you know, the threads brought to my attention. I'm not on Reddit that, that often. And there was literally one person on Reddit and one person on Twitter that just doesn't get it. Uh, doesn't get me or get what, the, what my conversation is about. So I guess I want to be clear. And why I, I want to be clear, I have Rick on. Uh, I know because Rick's a good guy and I think he he could be really angry and he's not. I could be really angry and I'm not. I mean, I don't want to get to that level. I have enough anger in my life. Uh, so with, <laughs> I, I want to be clear that I don't want anger sent towards Fernando, Beta, Guns N' Roses, and none of that. I don't want you, you could be disappointed. I mean, sometimes being disappointed is worse than being uh, getting mad, if you ask anybody's uh, parent, if you're a parent, right? But I don't want any uh, hate mail. I don't want any any of that. No, 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 no. Because I, I really want to go on the premise, having never spoken to them, ever, that I do not want to build my opinion on other people. Even though Rick has dealt with them, I, I get it all in. However, the best opinion is when I can formulate it myself. Having never met them, I want to say it's based on miscommunication and maybe a misinterpretation of what I do. That perhaps there's even somebody else in between you know, Beta, Fernando, that is telling them about me or inaccurate things about me and what I do. This is not a podcast for dirt. Uh, yes, there are articles that come out, but I guess I, it's just I do interviews. I do good interviews. I, I give uh, artists, my guests, the option of what they don't want to talk about. I can edit things out after. This is not live radio. I'm not here to, to gotcha. So it's just I want to know now, after all these years, this band is about I am a few days away, Rick, to seeing Guns N' Roses live. In Pennsylvania. The next week I'm seeing them again in New Jersey. That I'm spending money on. I'm going to my handicapped seats. Actually, the handicapped seats in Pennsylvania were sold out. So I had to find, you know, a, a place that I could still walk to. You know, not many stairs. So I'm spending money on this band. I'm giving, they don't need me. They don't need my promotion. They, they it's just, I'm just a fan who have been so lucky to have developed a very small little fan base and to interview some of my favorite rock stars. So if there's a problem with me and the way I do things, just tell me no. You tell me no. Don't tell somebody else to tell me no. 
you could tell me no. Like like Duff's manager or one of his his team. Uh, I don't even know if Duff knows about this. So that's how crazy these things are. Like sometimes it doesn't even get to the artist. So that's why I will never believe that. Like oh, Axel heard this. I don't know that. So uh, Rick, I, I I felt like I've said so much already. Like, are you able to digest anything I've just said? Because this again, this has been going on for years. It's nothing new. It's just I don't know what to do anymore. If this podcast is going to continue, if I am afraid to do interviews. Well, you're not a threat, man. Uh, every time I'm listening to the show, you're always positive. You say nothing but good things about the people. You know, so it's not like you're a threat to these guys at all. So, you're a great promotion for them. I mean, I thank you. Uh, there should be no threat. I know in, in today's world, uh, cancel culture, you know, uh, could Axel have done his his nineties rants in in twenty 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 one twenty two? I don't think so. You know he said a lot of things back in the day, but that's everybody, even me. I thank God, yeah, I'm a nobody that just said terrible things, uh, you know, or stupid jokes off the air to friends or whatever. Like you grow up, you mature, and that's that's life. So I don't know what the 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 danger of of it would be you know it's interesting to talk to Doug about how we told Axel back in the day not to do a lot of interviews you know as a, as a as a plan but as a he's done what two interviews in the five plus years since this reunion came about uh, Axel and Slash have not done an interview together uh, this isn't about that this is just wouldn't it be great for Melissa Reese to come on this podcast when she wants to to talk about everything else she has going on other than Guns N' Roses? So it's not even about like promoting Guns N' Roses. It's about promoting people who have ties to Guns N' Roses who aren't as famous to help them as well, who also have great stories. So that's kind of... I've been trying to explain that for 281 episodes, Rick. So I, I just don't know what to to do. So I guess in your experience can you tell us the the positive like when you reached out to fernando and he gave you you know like the things that he would give you when you first like when you were diehard you're still a diehard gnr fan but those early days the early the honeymoon phase between you and fernando LaBase. <laughs> well um i mean like my first interaction with the guy was uh it was in it was in atlanta i believe in 2011 i was warning this axel rose guitar pick that uh, it was on sale on eBay. It was like they're charging, I think, like 50 bucks for it or whatever. I didn't want to pay that much for a guitar pick. So I saw Fernando walk by and I asked him if I could get a pick, you know, and that's why I got like pick uh, the picks from all, of all the members, you know. So, so and he was real cool about it. You know, he came and uh, brought me uh, brought me a handful of picks and it brought my friend Dustin picks too, you know. So we uh, – Great. Uh, so, I mean, he was – that was my first time my first experience with him and it was fairly positive. And then, uh, you go to, a, I go to Kansas city about a month later and I was doing a live stream of the show. And this is back 10 years ago. So you didn't, the portable chargers that you would have, you would actually have to put batteries in them mm. and connect this to your phone. It wasn't these, uh, hmm. these rechargeable packs and the show, my phone was dying. I ran out of batteries and I remember telling, uh, who was listening to the live stream, just tweet Fernando and ask him to bring me some batteries. <laughs> yeah, I do. I swear. That's uh, that's all I did. And 10 minutes later, Fernando comes down. He has a flashlight and hands me just a, a ton of batteries. I didn't know what to do with all these batteries. I mean, wow. But, I mean, yeah. And this, so he came out there and allowed me to continue to live stream the show and bootleg it. Um, 
And the security even told me a few minutes before I had to put my phone up that I'm not allowed to film it. Fernando had to go over there and tell him, yeah, he could film. Look at that. See, that's that's the guy I want to meet. I want to talk to. Like, have you gotten to meet any of the the other members of the family, Beta, who I... Yeah. So I, I've heard nothing but good things about her. I hear she's a nice person. Like, can you wait? Yeah. You tell me. Yeah, Beta's been... Yeah, she's real nice. Uh, I met her in Chicago. Uh, I met her in... Where else I meet her at? San Antonio, Texas in 2013. I uh, I had my Team Brazil shirt that I made. And I had an extra one. I bet it came out there and I showed it to her. And uh, she got it and she put it over her and started dancing in front of Axel, flipping him off. <laughs> uh, I've, I've got that video still. but um, And then I've I met her multiple times in Vegas, the many times I went there. So Bet was always real nice. I haven't, I haven't dealt with her on like uh, – I've never dealt with her as far as like, you know, the, the dealings with the leaks or anything like that. You know, it's just – you know, we we just talk, you know, just massage her, you know, and get a picture. And the reason, because Fernando is the official manager, as far as I know, uh, know it to be, because you never know how these band structures really are. It's not like it's sports where they break it down for you, who the who the offensive coordinator is, who does what role. Uh, but the reason I bring Beta into it is because one of the complaints prior to the text I got back were that they were from her. And I'm like... I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean to do anything wrong. You know, I'm just a radio guy doing interviews about a band that he loves. You know, I didn't think I would do anything wrong by interviewing a chiropractor. I mean, really. <sighs> so that's why I I include both of them into this conversation. But the text I was told was from Fernando. So these are the, I've been told similar stories from people who have met them, that they have done nice things. And that's where I want to break through. So... You know, Rick, I know you can't go to the shows anymore, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, but, you know, if people who meet them or you talk to them, just if it comes up organically, don't force a conversation with it, but it's like, hey, I think you're really cool. What you've done, uh, you know, with Guns N' Roses, Axel seems really happy. I think it would be really nice for you to go on Appetite for Distortion. You know, I, I hear there's maybe some miscommunication there. I think it would be fun for you to go on, for Fernando to come on to find out what he's about. And I put that out there. I think I forgot to mention that. I said that to Fernando and to Beta. And to anybody who's really like Bumblefoot, and this has nothing to do with Team Brazil, who is a very nice guy, who was my first radio interview ever officially in my career, won't come on the podcast. GNR is just a soft spot for some people. I respect it. I can leave it alone. It is fine. But I say I will talk about anything else. I want to find out about you as a person. And I think the listeners will eat it up anyway. Because they still care about you as a person. It's not just about, you know, yeah, you have those certain fans, like, it's all new music. Let's talk about new music. Nothing, nothing. And they just want all dirt. I don't cater to that. I don't want to cater to that. I've, it's just not what I'm about. So do you have any, do you have an opinion on this? Do you have an advice for me? Again, I started off by saying you're my therapist because I just don't know. I've never heard from them. I don't expect to. I guess I plan to move on. As much as I can after this episode, after this conversation, and just focused on uh, on the interviews I can get. Well, I mean, my uh, my interactions with uh, management, they they usually respond to me. Um, I'm they, all they knew before these leaks and all that was just I was just a passionate diehard fan that um, that would just travel to all these places to come see them, you know. And I would always speak to them whenever I see them, you know, um, you know. Fernando and uh, Bedded both have been 
really nice in the past, you know. Um, you know, and I did. I never had anything bad to say about him before, you know, um, because I'm the last time that I actually saw Fernando was. Well, no, that was the last time I saw him. But like in 2012, dude, he gave me Axl Rose's microphone signed, and even Izzy signed it. You know, like, like wow, that dude, like, he, like, he hooked me up. Like, uh, I told a bunch of stories a couple of weeks ago uh, about it online, but yeah, like, there's just a, I have a, a ton of great things to say about him, but you know, sadly, the bad stuff outweighs it though now. Yeah, and I don't want to forget because you have you've been doing your own podcast, right? Band on the Guns and Radio channel. Uh, with our friends from Guns and Radio, so I'm yeah, glad- me and Dust, yeah, Dustin, he just because uh, he's been around, he's he knows me better than anyone does, you know. He's been around me for many years, and he knows like all the crazy, crazy shit that I've gotten into, or you know, just different things that happen. And he thought it'd be a good idea to you know have like a, a casual conversation, you know, just to kind of uh, talk about these stories, you know. So we did a, a full Team Brazil episode uh, talking about you know like every pretty much every interaction I've had with them. But, you know, like if whenever I, the dealings I've had with them, I didn't come off as a, I, I mean, I was not, I'm not threatening at all towards them at all, you know? So they just knew that I, that I really love this band. And, and me and Fernando have talked many times about uh, like me trying to get this Axel tattoo that, I, that I've tried to for many years, you know? So, uh, you know, 2013, he, you know, uh, Fernando made that happen in Kansas city which was awesome because that's that video is on youtube but um with them right there like i've always messaged fernando either uh originally started off through instagram um and it would just be you know just kind of the first few times you know it's just uh casual conversations um or you know then 2017 i needed a i needed a pit ticket for nashville but the venue Jack the prices up to like five hundred dollars the day of the show, and so Fernando and Yarmo got me uh got me in the pit for that night, but so in like 2018 I did reach out to him on Instagram again, trying to uh, you know and just trying to talk about the leaks and what was potentially going to come out you know, and you know he would respond and gave me his email to uh you know start giving him the information for that, but. You know, like, uh, I guess the way everything happened with me, with this whole storage locker thing, though, like, I generally tried to help the guy out. You know, I've done everything. Can I give him everything he wanted on a silver platter beforehand, you know? And for whatever reason, um, I, I don't know. They might have been busy with uh, their merchandising ideas for these toy trucks or children's books. I don't know. You know, it, I, I don't know what the deal is. I've tried to help him out as best as I possibly can with these leaks, you know, uh, Man, even to try to prevent them, I've done everything I could to prevent these from happening. But uh, whenever him and uh, their Mr. Doug Mark uh, tried to come at me to uh, send me these uh, threatening uh, emails to have talking about suing me and all this other mess, you know. And it's so funny because you mentioned hard school, and all this all this stuff started because of hard school. Everything started because of the the hard school leak. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of what the falling out with me and Fernando had, you know. Uh, I mean, and, I, he must have felt because he obviously he's treating you while you're a fan. He's treating you like a friend, you know, doing all these things for you in different cities and being responsive. But 
no, I, I don't. I obviously have never spoken to the guy. I've said that many, many, many times that there was some sort of trust broken. And did he just think that you were not a part of like he must have known that there were song leaks out there and you're not the one doing it because it's not. And it's you're just somebody who's paying for it. Is he just getting, you know, uh, trying to sweep it under the rug that nobody knows about it? And you were just being a fan and telling other, you know, some other fans about it. Well, it, what I mean, all this could have been prevented because 10 days before I even got the stuff, he was told about it all. You know, he was told about who the seller was. He had all his information. He had everything he needed to uh, stop it. And because of his lack of response, he didn't get back with me on it. I saw the, the opportunity to, was there to get it, and it was a short window to get it. And I'm like, well, I'm taking it. Um, I was not told not to pursue it, or I didn't hear back from him about it, but – so that's how I got it. And uh, Mona Fernando's first conversation, you know, I did tell him about this group, uh, this contribute, uh, a group of people contributing to get this uh, music and that uh, Hard School and Atlas was shared uh, with uh, with uh, everybody that contributed. So he knew first, he knew before we were got into any kind of agreement that that's what happened. And then uh, he would call me back about an hour later with uh, with the attorney on the phone again telling the exact same story so whenever a hard school leaked uh you know it it shouldn't have come as no surprise you know there's no way to contain it you know and they were well aware of it but after that leak i got this nasty uh, phone call from universal music got then they told me that I sh i'll be hearing back from doug mark here shortly a couple of hours later i get an email saying they want the fifteen thousand dollars back and plus i'll be sued for damage just because of uh uh, the financial hit that band took on the leak of hard school. And, but you were not the one who leaked it. You're giving them the information. I saw it. I, I just don't know where the, the disconnect is. Cause at least you're, you're starting out from a great friendship and just not, you're, you're doing your best to communicate. And it's just, it makes me bummed because I'm bummed for you. Cause obviously it's your favorite band. I mean, Jesus, the box set behind you, it's something I will, I will never get unless it's given to me. Uh, it's just way too much, too much, too much money. Although, like, what is it? Half price now? I think it's not. Yeah, I like paid like three fifty for it. <laughs> three fifty, and that started out as a grand. Yeah, actually, I bought wow. two of them, and then, uh, wow. and then I just, yeah, I started with two of them, and then I resold like everything individually in one of them. So I pretty much got it free. It's paid for itself, dude. <laughs> you're a smart guy. Not everyone thinks so, but uh, I think you're a smart guy. I think you, you you play it. You play it good, you know. So I don't. I don't know. I don't. I feel bad for you again, uh, Rick, because you you love this band so much, and I I, need, I wanted to, you know, share my feelings of I I don't know if I want to call myself band. Uh, I just it doesn't seem like I'm getting um, interviews. Obviously, I'm still getting interviews in general, but. Am I going to get Richard Fortas back on? Doesn't look like it. Am I going to get Dizzy back on? Doesn't look like it. Melissa? Well, Doesn't look like it. Well, well like, uh, you mentioned Richard Fortas, which was, which was funny. A couple weeks ago on Instagram, I he posted something about uh, the upcoming tour, and I asked the question, will new music be played? And, and well, you know, and his, he responded to me, you know, and he just kind of put a shh face, you know? So, um, you know, it's pretty cool. So uh, things like that, no. like why is that that bad? Like I feel like if I well, were, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, here's the thing though. Like now because of that, like apparently, uh, 
a couple hours later, I went back to check on the comment to look at it. Well, I couldn't find Richard's page. And uh, because he responded to me, I guess management or whatever got a hold of it. And he was forced to block me on Instagram because he responded to me, uh, I guess, on a, it was where everybody can see it, you know. And it wasn't a good look. He responded to you and then was told to block you because you obviously yep. he did not block. I just I don't understand that logic at all. I, I just don't get it. I mean, you went on so many and this is something that I did that I thought would put me in favor with them. You know, I had you, uh, Rick, obviously on the podcast earlier. I've since just hidden those tracks. Um, but just to <sighs> it's I'm sorry, I'm so frustrated <laughs> and I don't want to be. Uh, but just to get to a level where you need to be blocked for for what reason? Like you're not doing anything harmful. I just um Well I, like I was you, let, me, let me ask, how do you feel as a fan today? You know, like why are you still a fan? I, I've committed to this podcast theme. I mean not not contractually, uh, you know, to anybody, but you know, have you lost your, your, your luster to be a fan of this band having dealt with being banned? Like uh see my issue, no, I wouldn't say that I've lost interest with uh with the banning part. Uh, the interest that would be lost would be the lack of a uh, material, um, the stupid merchandise ideas that this band produces. You know, it's just stuff like that is what gets me aggravated with the band. Uh, more than uh, getting banned, you know, I mean, it's it's you know, it's fine. You know, just chance of them finding me is very slim now. But <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean, like uh. You know, so like I don't know, it's just stuff like that's what bothers me. But like, I don't know, man. I think that if you and Fernando had a chance to talk, you wouldn't see that he was, because he's when you talk to him, dude, he's not really like, uh, well, at least not. He's not really that much of an asshole, you know. I mean, he can be, but I mean, he's he's, we he's all a pretty friendly guy. We all can yeah. be, and that's what I believe. It's just, and I've done this in my life, in my career. If there is a misunderstanding, honestly, I'm usually the first person to be like, hey. Let's let's figure this out. And if you don't like me after that, I tried. But see what well, Melissa. Yeah. It would be cool to have Melissa on because a lot of people don't know anything about her. And with a platform like this, you know, you know, we can kind of learn a lot more about Melissa. You know, and and it's frustrating to people who've expressed this to me who have other projects and can't fully promote it, you know, in the way that they want to because they can't come on the show the way that they want to, and that's hurting them. Like why? That's hurting them. And so, oh, yeah, so I, I got back to my, my train of thought and my frustration where uh, I didn't have you on when you were doing all those interviews at when you were officially banned. You were on, like, so many different radio stations around the country. And I'm like, I'm not going to bring attention to any more. I mean, it got so much attention. It was worldwide. But I'm like, I'm going to be play ball by Team Brazil and just be – just a you know a rock interviewer you know journalist kind of guy not not do anything crazy so that was like one of the decisions i made was not to interview you when you were going around doing your press circuit and it's not good press uh but it's it's just interesting to see that this band continues to i don't know the way that it's continuing five plus years into the reunion little to no press whatever press is out there is like kind of shut down. Like it's a, a government ops, you know, um, I don't it's know. It's not a secret. Uh, there is no secret. There's no secret sauce. I mean, if this all has to do with, uh, 
with Axl Rose and does it really like was it like this with I mean I know social media wasn't really wasn't prevalent but I don't think fan interaction was like this with Doug Goldstein you know as far as interviews other people could do interviews when when Slash and Duff do an interview it's very generic things they've said before you know nothing really off the cuff again it's not like it's not looking for some sort of secret it's just trying to keep this band that we love fresh i guess to continue our love for it i guess i'm i'm turning over every rock to find out you know what what can we what can we do, discuss about this band and i'm doing that so uh i get, so i was dealing with all of that to kind of bookend everything to show you where this podcast goes and i couldn't help myself uh, because fernando came up with um so after Utah, I did that Instagram post and I'm talking to, you know, people, you know, tweeting and Instagram, all that stuff before this actual conversation, this podcast. I wanted to, because I've had uh, Eric Munet from the Jersey Jack Pinball. He's a, he's a few years younger than me, a pinball designer. And the last time I went to Chicago, it was during the pandemic. Like everything was shut down. I guess went with my uh, fiance to visit her family. So this time around, you know, I I had my my real vacation, you know, uh, Arizona, Colorado. Uh, I mean, there wasn't a lot of places, I guess, even in Colorado for to see that I could have gone to. I think it was like the the home plate of like the old stadium where the Rockies play used to be. Like that's where Axel got arrested at an airport, but there was nothing like true GNR landmark. Although there was a uh, a one-up. Actually, let me look at it on my phone. I want to give this listener uh, a shout-out because it's it's an arcade uh, called One Up, and they had the the Guns N' Roses uh, pinball there. So that's a nice little segue. Uh, I believe it it was Stuart. So thank you, Stuart. Uh, he wanted to meet up there in Colorado. Uh, so I was able to see Guns N' Roses pinball when I spent the week in Chicago. I didn't want to come home yet. I was able to do some of my work remotely, so. Uh, I went to see the Jersey Jack Pinball Factory. I go in, Guns N' Roses Pinball is right there. All these awards are right there. You know, I put some on social media. You see the clear ones that look like the Cable Ace Awards or whatever? Eric goes, Slash has been bugging me for that one because he wants to put that next to his Grammys. So, like, Slash is is serious about it. And it's, uh, it's awesome. I go in, and it's a factory, dude. You know, they have the, the shipping part portion, uh, different stages of, of assembly lines. You know, they have like 50-plus workers there. You know, when certain prints come in, they have to be checked. All the nuts and bolts need to be checked. There's different levels where it's being played before it's being put together to make sure because it's the, the silver ball being hit on wood, on wood, and wood to see how many times it could be played. It's crazy. Like, it's just very cool to see it at, at every stage of it being done just awesome uh i think fernando was was brought up because i i I wanted to uh i asked because i got some free t-shirts i got some free stuff they weren't the guns and pinball shirt i was hoping it would be Uh, i'll show you some of my stuff i got but it was just a jersey it's in the laundry right now i got the jersey jack pinball t-shirt uh so he he was just mentioning that he had to get permission to put the 
the pinball flippers where the guns are in the logo for Jersey Jack Pinball. He had to talk to Fernando. And, uh, you know, then Slash was like, yeah, definitely do it. Uh, so then I kind of, I couldn't help but kind of unload a little bit on him. Like, how was your interaction be, you know, with him? Like, can you just tell him I'm a nice guy, you know, kind of thing? <laughs> so I got a couple T-shirts uh, right behind me, which is falling down. If you're watching on Zoom, it's, I guess it's part of a play field. Look how big this is. I got to get it framed. Yeah, I love that. It's kind of like if you don't have an interactive, because there's different versions of the pinball. Like if you're not yeah. really seeing the screen, it's just this is the where it has like the whole band playing with their uh, skull cartoons of themselves above it. And he signed it um, to Brando. Rock the silver ball, Eric Munay. He's like, do you want me to personalize it? I'm like, I'm not going to sell it. So sign it however you want uh, to sell it. So that was that was really cool. He gave me another poster, which I don't know where I'm going to put. It's the huge uh, picture of Slash standing next to the pinball machine. You might have seen that as a promotional yeah. thing. He sent me a, a, a huge one of that. And I got a keychain. I got a Guns N' Roses. Oh, I forgot. It's in my bag. I have it unpacked completely. I got a Guns N' Roses, like, keychain like that that goes into the pinball machine like keychain oh that's pretty awesome so it was very it was a great experience like they're you know thank you to ken over there um they 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 set up the entire thing they were just really nice it was just really cool i walked around with my fiance she was interested uh you see the guy who who made the most famous pinball machine ever which was the adams family one so I, i walked past like the engineer of that and it's just talking about things that are in the future, what they're going to be working on, that they really thrived during the pandemic. They can't keep up with the demand for Guns N' Roses pinball. That many people's buying that machine? Yeah, yeah. He's like, whether it's um, you know overseas, whether it's bars, a lot of collectors. He's like, people want it. People really like it's want it. He's like, this is the most successful one. I, you know, I'm really proud of it. Uh, you know, it's fun that. Axel is the only one that didn't like really don't. I mean, he donated. He was they were allowed to take live clips of him talking, but he he didn't record anything specific for it. Like Melissa did, obviously Slash did, uh, McBob did. You know, they all recorded specific things. Uh, but then to see also the machinery that cuts the metal, that cuts the wood, you know, which is very cool. And you have no idea. I had no idea how lucrative the pinball. Um, uh, you know, a game like it, it really is. There's festivals. That's why they have all those awards. Just uh, it's just bananas. You're right, Rick. Yeah, man. I was okay. sitting there looking at all. Your, I'm looking at your collection uh, okay. right here too. I, I, I was I, looking at your uh, Funko Pop right there. Okay. The axle went over your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know because I know we're going a little uh, long. If you had to go to the bathroom, we would take a bathroom break or something like that. Because I Because no. something I've learned from. Um, before I went away, the, the the three hour conversation with Steve Darrow, we were I was like, I don't know if this is gonna be too long. Everyone loved it. Great response. So I wanna make sure, Rick, that I while I have you here talking to you about this subject that I don't want to keep harping on. You know, this is not something that because I don't want it to be because uh, I, I just saw that's why I think the, the Reddit threads were taken down, that the language took a turn. And I could see frustration with, yeah, dude, yeah, they'll 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 put out trucks. I, I don't know, uh, Rick. Are you going to get the officially licensed Guns N' Roses bong? Are you going to get that? 
Like, so we have officially <laughs> licensed uh, marijuana paraphernalia, which I am fine with. But it's like, bro, can you give us something, man? Can you just like let us know what's going on? So, for, dude, Fernando, I'll talk to you. About, let's do the interview. Let's shut it. Let's let's next four twenty. Let's let's talk. Let's let's have a goal. <laughs> you know, next April. You know, that would be awesome. I'd have Fernando on this show and just really just have a conversation with the guy, man. It would. It would do nothing but help this guy out. You know what I mean? Because I've offered that from day from email one, because I kept in my mind thinking about what you told me, Rick. All the nice conversations, despite this this leak, and it just seems like you're a fall guy that they can't get the people to to, to blame who did the the stealing, to take it. Like I, I've when those conversations I've had have come up. Yeah, I was one of the the downloading motherfuckers from Chinese Democracy because there was no mu- no new music then. Downloading music was new at the time, uh, but I didn't I didn't listen. I even didn't take it. I didn't you know hack into somebody's computer. I didn't do any of that shit. So I I don't know. I I still feel bad for you, Rick, because obviously you know you're such a nice guy. Your fandom is hasn't waned at all. Uh, and I was like, who can I talk to to even like identify with this problem? Because when I tell people this, I feel like I'm making it up. How the fuck would Guns N' Roses management know who I am? Rick, you're a super fan. Before getting into this, really getting into Guns N' Roses, before I got into this podcast, I had no idea who Doug Goldstein was, Alan Niven. I'm just not that kind of a rock fan. I, you know, I know maybe managers and general managers of, of sports teams. But I was just never like, who's the manager of, of bands? I'm like, who gives a shit? They weren't like on the. Uh, uh, now I give a shit because I see how involved they are doing the podcast. But it's I'm just a fan. I'm just a fan who happens to be in radio. That's it. And to be denied, like well, you're being denied, uh, you know, officially being denied entry to the GNR shows. I'm being denied interviews that could elevate my career that could elevate the listening experience of my my small amount of fans to help uh melissa reese you know again because she's not doing a lot of press she has other stuff going on i want to talk about her and brain and what you know what they have musically going on uh things of that nature and it's i can't and then to hear you're being blocked from richard i'm thankfully i can't believe i haven't been blocked and maybe i'm i'm uh I've just said the magic words because I don't usually ask about new music whenever they GNR posts on, on, uh, on social media with something generic, you know, uh, Richard rocking out slash time, you know, something like very generic. You forgot that F into it. F in. Yeah, I was about to, uh, I usually respond to with some sort of silly gif or just something really corny, a dad joke, something really stupid. Uh, and then you just like say new music and you get a shh from Richard who's acknowledging your existence and you have no idea what that means to fans. It sounds so silly, but it, it, even to me, when I see it, I saw Duff McKagan liked a few of my tweets that I tagged him in. They were just really like on this day kind of stuff, but he acknowledged yeah. my existence. That made, that made me feel good. I'm sorry. When Duff canceled on me, that felt like, that felt like a girl dumping me. That really did. Oh, yeah. And this kind of feels like that too. So, I, I don't know, I don't know. And as to see, the 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 post is falling. George is getting upset. Everyone's upset. There we go. I got to get that framed. 
I got to get that frame. So uh, that was a nice end to uh, kind of my, my, my trip. I had the Alan Niven lunch uh, in, in Arizona, which was nice. I became really public with the Team Brazil stuff in Utah. That blew up. <laughs> and I've been chomping at the bit to get back on the air. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, did anything else? In Colorado was just a nice time. I would love to go back, spend more time there. Maybe more GNR sites when I'm there. Maybe visit that one-up place, play some GNR pinball with fans. And then Chicago, um, I'll do more next time. I, I wanted to make time for like the where they stayed at the Metro during user illusion time, and they, they rented out some apartments that I could drive past. But I got the pinball stuff. So, so there well, that is. The pinball stuff's pretty cool, though. I like the I like that promotional stuff you got, man. It's it's very cool. And some people asked, like, oh, you got a pinball machine? No, I did not. I did not. Way out of my price range. Even if it was in my price range, I don't think anywhere in my queen's apartment I could I could fit it. If I ever have the means, though, yes, I would love a Guns N' Roses pinball. And I told uh, Eric this, only to watch other people play. Because that's what I find myself doing when I play it, just watching the screen and all the cool stuff. I'm not paying attention to the, to the game. So that, I want to get Turtles in Time. This is all my dream list. I want to get Turtles in Time. I want to get the Simpsons arcade game. Uh, WrestleFest. Do you remember any of these arcade games, Rick? Yes. Okay, good. I'm proud of you. You never know. In the days of uh, our, our arcades. Uh, so if I ever have the means, like, <laughs> this reminds me, like, Slash has, like, I don't know, like 10 pinball machines. It's not the right number, but he has a lot of his own. And I got in contact with his... His pinball friend, I guess who a guy who he's been dealing with with pinball for a while, for an interview, and I guess I just want to talk. I'm not going to ask you about Slash's layout of his house. I just want to talk about you and his career, and maybe some funny Slash stories will come up, like you know you guys playing each other in a pinball battle. He's like, well, let me ask Slash about it. Never heard back. Okay, okay, that happens. I'm 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 grateful. Slash, let me you know. I got Miles Kennedy. And I had to wait for that. And I had to wait for that. I had to wait for that when the time was right. I'll tell you this. I don't know if I've said it uh, publicly yet, but uh, I got a lot of no's from Tracy Guns over the years. All very nice. And it's okay. It's okay. Uh, he's very responsive on Twitter. He just, It's funny. He's like, I don't really do podcasts. And he does podcasts. But I'm thinking maybe it's the Guns N' Roses thing. He thinks I'm just going to ask him about 1985 for an hour. No. I, again, it's hard for me to... Once I break through the barrier, once you meet me, then you get it. I like the thing. Um, but I ended up talking to, uh, just by chance, the, uh, the, the manager for LA Guns. His version of LA Guns. And the guy ended up liking me. And saying, like, you know what? Let's, let's, uh, let's see if we can get you uh, Tracy. Um, or, or it might be Phil. Phil Lewis. Uh, but hopefully Tracy... Um, when they're in the fall sometime. So I broke it down. I never pushed. I never really can, other than just, than just saying what happened when people are like, what happened? Like, why don't have you tried reaching out to Tracy guns? I've tried. Here's what happened. I don't bad mouth Tracy. It's just, he didn't want to. Now it seems like he, he may get to go ahead to do it. It's the same thing with team Brazil. I'm letting people know what happened. What has happened? And I guess that's all I kind of want you to do. And if it comes up, because people have asked me this about Bumblefoot. Hey, if I meet Bumblefoot, I'll ask him to come on your show. Look, I don't want to, like, beat them over the head with it where I'm coming off too, you know, 
I'm coming off like a, I don't know, a, a desperate. You know, I don't want to be like that, but I want people to know what has happened throughout the years and what could happen. With that, we could have an awesome episode with Melissa and Brain. We could have an awesome episode with Frank and Brain. But these don't happen because they're being stopped. We could get Richard Fortas on. Let me talk to him about Enrique Iglesias for half an hour. I don't care. That's why I always put it out there. Slash, man, uh, I'll show you this. Now I can talk to him about dinosaurs. I just got a Stegosaurus tattoo. I got that. Oh, sweet. I got that in, uh, in Chicago, actually. Uh, so I could, talk, I could talk to Slash about dinosaurs, about horror movies. I could talk to Duff about Sean Kemp. And the Seattle Supersonics. I could talk. I don't have to talk about things that may upset Axl Rose. If that is what is behind all of this, things that could upset him. And I get that from a management perspective because I am a nobody. Why do they need to? If if for whatever reason, which is crazy to think, my interviews upset him, then then don't do them. Then don't do them. Communicate it with me. I won't tell you to say, hey, this is off the air. And that's all you have to say. This is off the air. You know, there's got to be some truth to it. It's saying, hey, maybe they, they reached out to me. We came to an understanding. It's not going to work out. But, you know, I wish them well. I'll, I'll do that. I, I will take that road. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll, I wanted to get that out, all out there. So, Rick, I apologize for talking about throw up. I apologize for throwing all of that information up on you. Uh, clean yourself off. <laughs> is, there any, is there anything that you, because you, you've gotten your story out uh, in so many different ways. I want this to work out for you, even though no, it doesn't look good. I know you have your podcast. I know you're on Guns and Radio a lot. I, I just want, as this band is days away from, uh, from touring, you know, is there anything that you are, you're hopeful for uh, in the future? Uh, what I've been waiting for <laughs> since 2008, man, just more music. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's all I want, man. Dude, like if they would take hard school, dude, and just put it available to stream or something, you know what I mean? Cause they've, they've rehearsed and they're going to be playing it live, uh, assuming they're, they're going to be playing it live, but people are going to go to these shows. They're going to hear this song, but they're not going to have a way to listen to it unless they, Unless they be downloading motherfuckers, you know what I mean? That's the only way they're going to hear it. I know. So, and, yeah. so I don't know. It's just the logic behind the way this band runs and operates, man. It just, I don't know. It's just, it's mind-blowing. I think maybe I need to get more honest about, because that's what makes it difficult about me not knowing who they are. And I get inspired to by, by sports radio a lot. I grew up on it. I still listen to sports radio. I'm not a huge podcast person. I know. It's funny. Although, <laughs> on the road trip, because uh, I was road tripping with three girls, they—I don't know about you when your if your wife loves whether it's podcasts or, or TV shows like this, murder, real murder, things that really happened that can you know real people that have killed people, they love it. So like, dude, oh. I love I love that. that that's, <laughs> dude, that's me, dude. <laughs> I, love, I love like the true crime documentaries and stuff. <laughs> I love horror movies. But uh, but it's like sometimes when it's the real stuff, and I'm thinking about, they're listening to a podcast that really deviate called Park Predators about people who have been killed in the park. I'm like, we're going to parks right now. Is this what you really want to listen to? So anyway, so I, I listen to a lot. I'm inspired by sports radio because you know they really go in on the management, on the general management. If, if it's not performing, if there's certain you know uh, organizational layout that's not working. 
especially you know you look at organ not play on the field. I mean, you, you look at now the the Cleveland Guardians. You know how how is that professionally laid out versus the Washington Football Team that didn't have a name that had to change everything? So you look at the business uh, layouts. So uh, I I it's just a lot of different ways to look at it. And I, I think in the future, maybe I need to just be more honest about everything because I've just, I've had a, I don't know, I've gotten a lot off my chest and I think I need to be honest about what's going on with me and the band and this show going forward. Going to keep it positive, going to keep a smile on and hope for hard school and all that fun stuff. Um, but Rick, you are officially always welcomed back. I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to keep you in my unofficial band, uh, uh you know, guests that can't return. Uh, so yeah, also apologies to Raz Q. Not that I've ever told him no, but I'm like, oh, he kind of went off the deep end with the Trump stuff and hating on Duff. Let me stay away from that. He's nice to me, but it's like some people I just stayed away from because I'm like, maybe Team Brazil doesn't like them. So I don't know. Well, maybe. I understand that. I was, I'm kind of a kind of like the you need to st- you know I understand staying away from me and not having me on with all that because. I mean, I was a public enemy number one for uh, Team Brazil. So, <laughs> well, let's, let's try to rebuild our our characters, okay, Rick? Let's try to rebuild our characters in the public eye, and and let's run for Guns N' Roses office in in twenty twenty two, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. All right. Well, I appreciate your time. Uh, I hope we get new Axel DC, maybe a live record there. I love your shirt. And uh, oh yeah, dude, I had to have that made for the show. Uh, but yeah, dude, I want to thank you for having me back on, dude. It was great to return and just to talk about all this, man, because it's, uh, I don't know, man, like just being honest and talking about what's going on, dude, just putting them on blast, dude, just be honest with everybody, let, let them know what's going on, dude. It's just Yeah, I shouldn't feel bad about being honest. I think that's what no. I need to say. I'm not saying anything bad about them. It's a what I believe is a miscommunication or just something that's not connecting, but I need to be honest, and that's what's going to happen from here on out. So, Rick, thank you very much. Uh, when's the next time you're going to hear Rick? When's the next episode you're going to hear of the AFD show? Well, uh, in the words of Axel Rose once concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it. I don't know if soon is the word. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.